Turn up your volume. Your volume. Because you're about to listen to the Sick Podcast. With Tony Maradero. 55 seconds left in the penalty, a minute and 27 seconds left in regulation time. Boston 4, Montreal 3. Lafleur coming out rather gingerly on the right side. He gives it into Lemaire, back to Lafleur. Oh! The sickest Montreal Canadiens podcast. You're in the ball! Sports entertainment like no other. Rejoint, on lui fait perdre la rondelle une passe devant. Et c'est la bonne des ce sera la victoire des Canadiens. pour les Canadiens. Le troisième de l'histoire. You found the dogs! John, you found the dogs! He found the dogs! And all together they worked the young team to the top. And now a 24th Stanley Cup banner will hang from the rafters of the famous forum in Montreal. The Canadians win the Stanley Cup. Brought to you by Energy Transportation Group. Driven to be different. La TV. Embrace your true nature. And Playground. Your premier gaming destination. It's going to be sick. Marinero on this Thursday, January 29th. How is everyone doing tonight? I'm happy to be here. It is the Sick Podcast with Agnello, Sammy, and Juliana at Master Control. And, of course, we're brought to you by Energy Transportation Group, a leading full-service logistics provider serving all of North America, driven to be different, as well as these guys right here. La Bita TB, brewed in Quebec and a winner of a dozen international awards. La Bita TB offers quality microbrewery beers made with premium ingredients for everyone's taste. La Bita TB, embrace your true nature. Also brought to you in part by Playground. Discover a world of luxury at Playground. Explore their new 30,000 square foot expansion with thrilling games, gourmet dining, and live entertainment located just over the Mercia Bridge, only minutes from downtown Montreal. Playground, Playground, experience the strip. Without the trip, and of course, brought to you as well by Accent Insurance Solutions. You all know insurance isn't created equal, and you know where to find the right solution for you, Accent Insurance. Accent doesn't sell insurance. They shop insurance for you to find the right product, right on the money, whatever your insurance needs, home, auto, or business. Call the Accent team today at 514 363 36 36. All right. The Montreal Canadiens played on the weekend. They were in Pittsburgh. And unfortunately, they walked away with a 3 2 loss in overtime, or fortunately, all depending on which side of the spectrum you're on. Of course, whether you're on the let's try and win as many games. And even if you miss the playoffs, at least you showed progress, but you're stuck in no man's land. Or the, well, you know what? They lost. Who cares? Big deal. They're not going to make the playoffs and they'll probably end up getting a better pick. Or you might say, yeah, but every time they end up drafting third or fifth, they usually don't draft all that well, with the exception of Carey Price, who was a pretty good pick. But if you take a look at when they drafted 15th, they got Caulfield and this, that. When they drafted ninth, they got Sergachev. So some people aren't worried about, but then some other people will say, hold on a second. When they drafted 10th, they took a Stitson. But then once again, the past is the past is the past. It was a different scouting department. Mind you, Marty LaPointe uh, has been there in the past, and he's still there now. But, of course, it's kind of like a new regime over the last couple of years. Let's bring in, without further ado, from Sportsnet and Sportsnet.ca, Eric Engels, what's going on? I took a lot from that that intro. It was incredible, the ad reads, everything. But the main takeaway, though, is that Juliana finally got some credit here. Uh, yeah, I know uh, no, 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 no. It's all no, her success. No. So 
No, you got some selective hearing because with me, she's been getting, uh, getting credit for quite some time. As a well, not of- when I've been on. Well, as a matter of fact, well, I should start giving her more credit because I can tell you right now, she brings more to the table than in yellow. That I can guarantee you. But anyway, that's, uh, you know what? I'm not going to air the dirty laundry, even though I already did. Uh, having said that, he and I are going out for supper on Friday night. We got a nice meal planned. And uh, if he picks up the bill, I'll take back everything I said about him. And he's the greatest guy in the world. All right. Okay. Speaking of greatest guys in the world. So the Canadians are on a bye week and I'm going to get to Sean Monaghan in a second because he's a great guy uh, and he's a great player. The Canadians are on a bye week. The next time they're going to be in action is going to be next Tuesday night. Uh, so in eight days from now, they're going to visit Alexander Ovechkin, Mac Pacioretty and the Washington Capitals. Then of course they'll be off for a couple and they'll come back to the bell center where they're going to play the Saturday and Sunday matinees of Super Bowl weekend. So what you and I are going to do, I think, Eric, is talk about some of the hot topics over the last couple of weeks. Sean Monaghan, of course. Trevor Zegras is another. Where the Canadians are in the standings. Where you think they're going to go. Um, and, um, and stuff like that. So without further ado, let's start with Sean Monaghan. We know the Canadians acquired him via trade from Calgary a couple of years ago. They got a first-round pick as well as Sean Monaghan, and the plan was to trade him last year at the deadline. Unfortunately, uh, after 25 games, Monaghan went down with an injury. He had picked up 17 points, and they were unable to trade him because of that. So the two sides sat down at the end of the year, and they said, listen, Sean, uh, you want the long-term contract. You're not going to be able to get it from us, not just yet. You're not going to be able to get it from anybody, for that matter, because of your share of injuries over the last couple of years. Why don't you do this? When you were with us, it worked out well for you, worked out well for us. You love us. We love you. Come back for one more season. uh, Play it out, uh, and we'll see how it goes. And we're not going to shut the door to signing you, but we'll keep you abreast of every situation. And if you want to move, we will move you at the deadline, and we'll try and move you to the team of your choice. So this is where we're at, where trade deadline is going to be on, I believe, Friday, March 8th. Eric, correct me if I'm wrong, because I could be wrong. That's off the top of my head. March 8th. Friday, March 8th? Yeah, yeah. okay. Eastern. All right, correct. All right, okay. Now, do we have um, your buddy and colleague, Elliot Friedman, from Sportsnet and uh, the 32 Thoughts podcast earlier today? Do we have that just yet? Oh, boy, I can't wait to hear what he has to say. On a hand... Um, I think it's really interesting. I think the Canadians are going to trade him. I do think the option would potentially be open for him to go back uh, next year, but I do think the Canadians are going to trade him. Um, you know, the Rangers, you know, the whole Jeff Gorton Rangers dynamic. Uh, you know, Jeff, let's just say they're not on each other's uh, Christmas card list. Let's just go with that. So that complicates the deal there, but that is well, the kind of player they're going to be looking for. Um, we maybe see I'll, that I'll in Toronto this. and Calgary as well, maybe, Elliot. That's not uh, unique to know, the NHL. We've seen that before. Right, but it, it, it does mean maybe you have to pay a bit more of a price. Um, I will say this. Mm. We touched a nerve with our debate on Friday about if Sean Monaghan's uh, were, were going to get a first-round pick. I think it always comes down to how much interest there is in the player. Um, Eric Engels and yeah. his... Uh, uh, blue, white, and red pajamas thinks he's getting a first rounder for sure, but we'll you know we'll find out. We'll see. Well, here's the thing about the Rangers. Um, but the Rangers make a lot of sense for me for him. 
for him. Yes. Rangers have a first rounder. Rangers have a second rounder. Elliot Rangers have Stanley cup aspirations. Uh, just yeah. put it out there. Just putting it out there. There you go. You got to mention from Elliot Freeman. I don't oh, quite yeah. see the blue, white and uh, white and red pajamas. Where are they, Eric? Well, first of all, I just texted Elliot about this because I, I hadn't heard the clip and he said, well, I had to make sure that you're listening. And I said, uh, I wasn't listening. Tony actually flipped me this clip. That's the only reason I heard it. Uh, love him airing our dirty laundry and our conversations on his podcast. Anything for the clicks for Elliot. But uh, honestly, um, the truth, like, oh, man, there's like history with this. It's not that complicated. First of all, the last time I want to say this, the last time I made a bet with somebody at Sportsnet about what someone would get on the market uh, yeah. was a few years ago. And uh, I won't mention the person that I made this bet with, but he told me that I was insane for suggesting that Thomas Blakanitz was going to get a second round pick at the deadline. And uh, I think he went for more than a second round pick. If you go back and look at that trade, I think there was, was it Renat Valiev that came over in that trade? Yeah. Yeah. It was a second round pick and the pl- and that player. For yeah. I don't know if it was Placanitz alone or Placanitz in a seventh. I can't remember now. But if somebody, if Master Control wants to take a look at the Thomas Placanitz trade, that's the last time somebody bet me about the value of a player. I have no problem going up against Elliot on whether or not Sean Monahan gets a first round pick at the deadline, because there's a history here. There's there's a history, and like if you look at the history of players who have been traded for a first round pick. The, the thing that he – let me articulate this properly. The thing that Elliot reported on, during headlines was that if a team doesn't see him as a top six forward, perhaps they're not willing to give up a first-round pick to get him. And that's what kind of set me off because I texted Elliot and I said, um, I said, what do these players have in common? Ryan O'Reilly, Nick Foligno, Blake Coleman, Barkley Goudreau, Jean-Gabriel Pajot, Ryan Hartman and Martin Hansel. And he wrote back, none of them have ever been in my kitchen, which I thought was really funny. Uh, But the point was that these are all middle six to bottom six centers that went for first round picks at the deadline over the last number of years in succession. Sean and none of them, almost none of them were producing at the level that Sean Monaghan has this season. So there you go. Sammy says the Thomas Placanitz trade was two players and a second round pick. So, you know, again, I was right then. And I'm pretty sure I'm going to be right now because there is a big market for Sean Monaghan. It extends beyond the New York Rangers who, like Jeff Merrick was saying, do have the picks and do have Stanley Cup aspirations. Not necessarily every team in the market for Sean Monaghan will want to give up a first round pick to acquire it. But if there are a number of teams in there, it only takes one being willing to do it. And that's where I think this is going to go when all is said and done. I can say this. I don't think anything is on the table right now. And that's because most teams are in preparation mode until they got to this week, this break. Everybody's been waiting for this break to come. The scouting meetings have happened. Targets have been identified. People have a clearer idea of where they are in relation to the playoff race, but also what their actual yeah. contender status is. And I'm I'm no problem standing by my declaration. Sean Monaghan, if he remains healthy between now and the deadline, will go yeah. for a first-round pick. 
February 25th, 2018, Thomas Plakanitz and Kyle Bond traded to Toronto for Kirby Reichel, Renat Valiev, yeah, and a 2018 second-round draft pick who ended up being Jacob Olofsson. And a shout-out goes out to GoHabs.com. That's my buddy Mario Perezino's website. I go to it all the time. You just click on Archives and Trades, and you're going to find that. All right, okay. I came across something the other day which I think we can use for this conversation, and it's uh, potential suitors for Sean Monaghan, uh, courtesy of an article that I saw on dailyfaceoff.com, which we're going to go through, and uh, trade comparable returns, okay? So let's start with the potential suitors. All right, Boston Bruins still looking to fill the void from Patrice Bergeron and David Krejci, short on assets. Makes sense. I agree with that. I, by the way, I think he would be amazing in Boston. And he would be a big support to Charlie Coyle. And uh, um, and why am I drawing a blank on his name right now? Oh, my God. I've been saying his name all week. Pavel Zaka. Pavel Zaka, correct. By okay. the way, if we're, going, uh, if, we're going, if we're going one by one through these, yeah, uh, just, you know, just start with the Bruins here. They could use him. Do they absolutely yeah. need to use him? I don't believe so. And they don't I, have assets. They just they, I, they well, really don't have well, any. Well, I understand their, that. Their next, first round pick comes in, their next first round pick comes in 2026. And if they move on from that, yeah, you know, like they have nothing in the cupboard. I, I think it's I, I don't I don't see Boston being active other than going into the bargain bin. And and I'm like you just heard me it. say, Sean Monahan, I believe, is going for a first round pick based on the market for him. And the Bruins won't be able to pay that for that player. Yeah, I'm, uh, but I'm the Boston. Obviously, I'm definitely interested because um, I, I lost uh, sure. Bergeron, I lost Krejci, and I'm going into the playoffs with uh, Pavel Zach and Charlie Coyle. As good as a season as Charlie Coyle's having, obviously, it's a great insurance plan to have Monahan, who on any given night could end up playing like the number one on that team in terms of centers. All right, Colorado Avalanche. Ryan Johansson isn't cutting it. If the Avs also get Valeri Nichushkin and uh, Gabriel Landeskog back, look out. Uh, makes sense to me. Yep. <laughs> they make the most sense of just about anybody out there, although I can't say that I have specific knowledge to them being interested in, in Monaghan. I, I think it's there's potential that, he, that they have um, an even higher value target in mind there. Uh, but I, I, you know... I, I wouldn't turn away from them as a team that, that has interest in this player. Edmonton orders tough to think of a more ideal fit for Edmonton's forward group at the deadline. It's an interesting point, all depending on which way you look at it, uh, because Edmonton has centers that actually end up playing wing, but they do have a lot of centermen. I mean, they have Connor McDavid, they have uh, Leon Dreisettle, they have Ryan Nugent Hopkins. I mean, they have plenty of guys who can play center on that team. Uh, but, of course, once again, Monahan's versatility, the fact that he can play center and wing and uh, he can, he can you know, play, plays that 200-foot game makes him pretty much attractive to, like, any team that's going into the playoffs, really, if you think about it. Oh, it does? Yeah. Yeah. I wonder, if a, yes, I wonder if a player like that making $2 million prorated and with the Canadians even able to retain money – I wonder if he might garner a first-round pick in a trade. I, 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 You know what? I can guarantee you that you get a first-round pick for Monaghan, and actually a lot more than that. Let's not forget what the Montreal Canadiens got for Tyler Toffoli. Let's not forget what the Montreal Canadiens got for I don't know, I don't know about Carrot. a lot more. I don't know about a lot more, but I'm, 
I'm pretty sure about this one. All right. Uh, Florida Panthers, the Cats' third line has struggled to produce a bit this season, and Monaghan would give them a bump. The New York Rangers, uh, this was uh, this article was prior to uh, Philip Schittel's health, of course. So we know that he's going to be out for the rest of the season. Other potential suitors coming up here. Selfaz Julianes, Toronto Maple Leafs, uh, GM uh, Brad Trilliving would know Monaghan well. He isn't the same player now, but he'd fit in nicely behind Austin Matthews and John Tavares. Uh, and, of course, the Leafs one year ago had uh, Ryan O'Reilly as their third-line centerman, and now there's a void there uh, where I think they got Max Domi last time I checked. But anyway, Vancouver Canucks, they're on the prowl for a top-six forward, but a complimentary center would make a ton of sense when it picked Jets. They played their way into contender status, and Monaghan would boost an already stout defensive team. All right, okay. Uh, so once yes. again, I'm not going to say I'm not going to say which team on this list, but I can tell you right now that of the all the ones that you just went through, outside of Boston, we can eliminate one. One is not not going after this player. The other thing I'm going to say is that in addition to what we just looked at at the list, I know of three teams that are not on that list that absolutely do have interest in the player. That's based on my conversations over the last couple of weeks. So it's all to say that the market is developing. Now, I think a lot of Canadians fans are saying, well, if he's worth a first round pick, you'd think he'd move by now and someone would have offered it. There's no concrete offers, very few concrete offers for any players in the NHL that have gone around until we get to about this period of time where right now it's January 28th, 29th. And we are five weeks from the deadline finally, and we're reaching a break in the schedule where teams have had the opportunity to have all their meetings, to identify their targets, and to actually get down to business. There's exceptions to every rule. Of course, there are some teams that have very obvious needs and have an urgency to get them filled, and maybe they decide to jump the market in a couple of cases. But in most cases, you certainly don't reveal your cards to everybody and make concrete offers before you know whether or not there's an established market for a player. It just doesn't make sense. So be patient, but I'm telling you, it's going to start developing pretty quickly here. If I'm the Tampa Bay Lightning, I'd love to have uh, Sean Monaghan. I got Brady and I got Anthony Sorelli. I'd love to have Sean Monaghan because he's an, up, he's an upgrade on Tyler Mott, who's a third-line centerman right now on the team. And you know that like once again, there's so many teams. I Those mean, the in Dallas, so many in Dallas. I'd love to have Sean Monahan. There's so many teams now. The, the, you ask yourself another question: How many teams believe they can win the Stanley Cup if they acquire that player? And you could answer it two I, different. You could answer it two different ways. You could yeah. say, you know, only a few of them should legitimately believe that. But if you look at the the both conferences here, like yeah. It's it's wide open this year. It's, I'll it's give really you another one. You ready? Open, so I'll give you another one. If I'm this team, I'm going after this player big time. Carolina. Carolina. Yeah, listen. After, uh, in terms after of, Sebastian Ajo, who do you have? Jack Drury. You, you can talk about you can talk about teams that should have interest. I'm not going to confirm or deny like who the three teams that I know of that absolutely do have interest and have expressed interest. But there's there's going to be more and more and more. There's going to be more and more. And that's why. Elliot did say it and he acknowledged it on his podcast. The market inevitably dictates that if there's a bigger market for a player, naturally, like, like I said to you, 
It just takes yeah. one team. It just takes one team that's willing to do it, then all of a sudden there's two, you know? And so I think Ken Hughes, all he has to do is sit around and wait for it to come across his desk. But that's this is the other subject related to Monaghan that like needs it to be. It better happen sooner rather than later, because if this guy gets hurt at the deadline, you're stuck with uh... Well, that's the the other subject around this is Canadians fans watching Sean Monaghan and absolutely freaking out at the idea that the team would go out and collect a draft pick instead of sign him right now. And and to me, and I have I have a huge portion of my mailbag that's coming out at Sportsnet.ca dedicated to this subject. It's it's very thorough in terms of the whole scenario. But like, if you're Sean Monaghan. What are you looking for on your next deal at 29 years old based on what you've done, not just this year in your 49 games, but in scoring 17 points in 25 games last year and it gets interrupted with groin surgery and you come back just as strong this year? You're what are looking you looking for three for? or four things. One thing you're looking for. What's the first a very long term, one? A very long-term contract, which well, will probably be the last contract of your career. Maybe, but at least maybe. term, period. At least something like to get longer than one or two years, right? You'd like to, you'd love to get five. Number one, number two, you'd love to get as much money as possible. Number three, I want to know something. If you... like just stop right there. I want to know something. How many Canadians fans who are begging the Canadians to sign Sean Monahan want them to sign him for more than two years right now? I'd love to know. Do you think there that, that makes yeah, sense? Yeah, there are some. It's just you that think that makes sense. It's just that those people that you're talking about right now think that you can have them for four million dollars a year, sign them three, four years, and probably not going to happen either. Oh, go do the production comparisons. You're looking at a number that's closer to five million dollars. Number one and number yeah, two. Of course. Do those people want this player for longer than three years? But but more 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 likely longer than two years. Should that offer come to this player right now instead of ignoring whatever the market might be for him on the trade market and make sure he gets signed in Montreal? Yes, there's no debating. He'll make the Canadians be that much more competitive with Doc and New Hook healthy next year and all things going well. But do do people want they want him signed, but do they want him signed for three or four years? Well, there's another thing. I mean, he wants to win the Stanley Cup. He's not going to win the Stanley Cup with the Canadians, you wouldn't think, in the next three well, years. But you're talking about Barring. him. I'm talking about what people yeah. want. People who are, are banging I, on the back. We'll trade this player. I've actually, we'll I've actually player. spoke, Eric, I've spoken to a lot of Canadians fans who are really to give them like four times four, five times five, like right away, right away. And they say that, uh, you know, it takes, you, you have to, it takes a lot. It, it's really difficult to go out and find the player like that. They talk about, Losing Dano, who walked away for nothing and went to L.A., they were never able to replace him. They had to make a trade to go out and get Christian Dvorak, who obviously, with all due respect to him, is not Philip Dano. And there's a lot of people that will tell you that these young players, like Doc, like uh, like uh, Caulfield, like Suzuki, like Slavkowski, need to be surrounded by a veteran like Von Monaghan who will show them the way going forward. Valid, valid, valid valid way of positioning it but totally invalid way of thinking about the value of the player how, like he's 
you're talking about something based on 49 games for a player that has had You're jamming up there, Eric. You jammed up. I don't know if we're going to get Eric back. Let's let's maybe take him off here, and we'll get back to him in a second. Uh, but Sean Monahan's season thus far, 49 games played for Sean Monahan. He has 13 goals. He has 22 assists. He has 35 points. Just to put things in perspective here, where he uh, sits on the Montreal Canadiens, his 13 goals are the second most on the team. Caulfield has 17. Suzuki and Monahan have 13 apiece. His 22 assists are third on the team. Uh, Suzuki and Matheson lead the way in that category. And his 35 points are third on the team. So Suzuki, Caulfield, and Monahan. Uh, his time on ice for forwards is third on the team behind Suzuki and Caulfield. So we're talking about a guy who's played a, a very big role for the Canadians this year, is having a really good season, 35 points in 49 games. And uh, I look, I agree with Eric. He's going to fetch a first-round pick. As a matter of fact, if we can, Juliana Master Control, courtesy once again of the Daily Faceoff, and I read this, uh, potential trade returns. If we take a look at what's transpired over the last couple of years, and, and I'll try and bring this up when Eric's back with us. Comparable trade returns, March 21st, 2022. Let me put the glasses on here because I'm getting old and my eyesight isn't what it used to be. To the New York Rangers, Andrew Kopp, a 2023 sixth-round pick. To Winnipeg, a conditional 2022 first-round pick, 30th overall. A 2022 second-round pick a 2023 first-round pick, and Morgan Barron, Justin Barron's brother. Other comparable trade returns. Uh, February 24th, 2020. All right, Barkley Goodrow to Tampa Bay. A 2020 third-round pick to San Jose. 2020 first round pick, number 31st overall, and Anthony Greco. February 26, 2018, to Winnipeg. Eric's back. All right, I'm going through some potential trade returns, Eric. Uh, let's bring back the first one if we can. Let's but Tony, I saw, I saw it I, just before you. You I, saw it, okay. I was making yeah, a point okay. here. Uh, all right, there okay. Andrew, I already, I already brought up. I already brought up, you know, all the players that went. Like that yeah. Andrew Cop trade, wow! They got yeah. Morgan Barron and a first. Like, what a Morgan Barron's turning into a pretty good player. But anyways, um, like everybody wants their have their cake and eat it too, right? Like, yeah, I understand the value that Monahan has had to the Canadians, and I it was it was a bit hyperbolic saying he's had season-ending surgery five times. Obviously, he's had a couple of hip injuries, the groin injury last year. The the that has kind of checked him. If you ask any general manager in the league right now if they would sign Sean Monaghan for more than two years based on this 49 games that he's played with the Canadians, there's not anybody who would give him that offer now, like right now, and ignore the potential trade market to do it. It's, it makes no sense. It doesn't make any sense at all. So, you know, 
I understand. You're taking a big chance. You're taking a chance. And, and I don't want to disrespect Monahan because when I'm sitting here saying that he's absolutely worth a first-round pick, it is crediting what he has done. And one of the big reasons why you have to trade him or at least look to do that before you even consider what a deal might be like with him after the deadline is he has earned term. He has earned more than one year on a contract. Like, he has done that. Let me tell you the best case scenario here. And it's yeah. that Kent Hughes gets what he wants in a trade and Sean Monaghan gets the best opportunity he could possibly have to get his three, four-year, five-year deal somewhere else. That's that's the best of both worlds for both parties is that is that Kent gets what he wants in a trade and gets an asset that will be extremely valuable. Go back and look at the trades he made for Alex Newhook and for Kirby Doc, first round picks have enormous currency when you get to the draft and you're trying to make big changes happen with your team. And he might end up with a couple of them. And so, yeah, you know, and don't forget that Sean Monahan came here with a first round pick. Like, but for Monahan, where is going to be his best opportunity to prove that he's actually over that injury hump and worth somebody investing in him? It's going to be with a playoff team where he can continue. He may not take advantage of it, but at least he can continue to do what he's doing this year, prove that he can remain healthy, do it in more important games from here to the end of the season, and earn what he deserves, what he's playing for. He's 29. He may not, never get another chance to sign a better deal than the one that is about to come to him. So yeah. for all the people who are like, oh, sign Monahan, don't trade him. I get it. But like, Stop thinking that it makes any sense at all for that to happen for more than a one or two year deal at this juncture. It doesn't make sense. It, it, all right. It, so, what do you think of what uh, Elliot brought up? The fact that uh, Sean Monahan and the Montreal Canadiens like each other, and who knows, there's teams that would like to have Monahan and the possibility of Monahan re-signing with the Canadians in the off season. I mean, how often does that happen, Eric? It doesn't happen often. It doesn't mean it's impossible. They definitely do like each other a lot. But if Monaghan does what he's supposed to do with whatever team nabs him for whatever the return is that Ken Hughes would like to get, then he'll price himself out of here. That's basically what it is. If you, I think, and this is purely my opinion, yeah, I think if he goes and plays decently uh, or well enough and is willing to come back on a two-year deal, I don't. I don't think Kent Hughes would hesitate to bring him back. That would be fantastic for them. But if he does what he's supposed to do, he'll have a good chance of getting more than that. And the Canadians can't do that. It doesn't make sense for them to do that. Like, All right. Okay. Owen Beck is coming. They're 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 buying themselves time with Owen Beck. But do they need Sean Monahan in order to I, buy I themselves that time? I. Uh, if Owen Beck ends up being Sean Monahan, he's going to end up being a heck of a hockey player. No, and I'm not saying he's going to be, but like I'm saying, if you yeah. bring back Monahan, you're buying him time, right? But do you need Monahan in order to buy that time? You still have Dvorak and Evans for one more year. I'm with the whole I'm with the whole trade Monahan thing, but I'll also say this: on many nights this year, Sean Monahan's been their best forward. He's been great, especially the last yeah. couple of weeks. He's really picked up his game. You know, when I asked Marty St. Louis about it, he said, you know, like. 
he was playing on a good line with Wa and Armia. And Armia, let's face it, over the last couple of weeks, playing the best hockey he's played in a Canadian's uniform since that playoff run to the cup final where he was on that line with Stalin and Perry. Uh, you know, uh, Slavkovsky moves to that line and the chemistry between Monaghan and Slavkovsky, it looks like something we saw very early on in Slavkovsky's NHL career and they, they look great together. Um, I don't think you take any of the luster out of Monaghan's hands himself. Like he's, he's played fantastic. He's got 11 points in his last seven games. So yeah, yeah I mean, we're talking about asset value and, and you want, you want to get everyone crying about that elite talent. The Canadians don't have up front or don't have enough of up front. You, you collect another first round pick. Uh, and you potentially are willing to dangle the one that you'll end up with that's uh, between five and nine in the draft lottery. Yeah. We're Speaking of points, how are you going to get those? How are you going to get those players? You're going to get a pretty good chance of getting those players the Canadians want so badly, and their fans want so badly. So, like, you, yeah. you, I think people should start thinking in three dimension on this Monahan debate. Speaking of points, Eric, the Canadians have 48 points in 49 games. They got 20 points in their last 20 games. I mean, it doesn't get more 500 than that, really. Uh, 33 games left in the season. If they end up uh, picking up 33 points so that they're 500, they're probably going to finish the season with 81 points, uh, just one point under 500. Uh, What do you think they're going to do the rest of the way, Eric? Much of the same. You know, honestly, Tony, I, I, I really appreciated your intro because you brought up all the different angles of looking at how they finish the season and, and what it means for their future. Um, and I think it's all kind of true. You could look at it from every perspective and say it's true. Um, you look at this draft, the top 10, the top five in specific, which outside of Macklin Celebrini is really defense heavy. Uh, you know, like, are the Canadian if the Canadians... We all know the Canadians are not going to finish in last place in the league, right? Yeah. So they're not going to have the best chances of getting Celebrini. They're, so, they're best, the best case scenario, they're going to finish fifth last. Okay. That's so, I think most realistic. Is that a disaster? Not really, because at fifth last, they wouldn't be out of their depth considering one of the highly rated forwards as the best player available at that slot. And let's face it, they're not choosing a defenseman when we get there. They may not be choosing at all, which is something that everybody has to have in their head at this point. They may not be choosing at all. So if for the people who say they should lose as many games as possible, there's some validation in, the, in that right there because of the, the asset value of getting a top five pick or getting close enough to the top five. For me... I don't care how many games they win or lose. I think we all know they're missing the playoffs and I don't care what happens one way or the other. Like, you know, I'm hoping for a great story, but I I think what, what happens, what's important for their future just as relevant is that they don't have a, a dip in, in the effort and in the culture that they've established for themselves. And I know people think that's like overrated, but like you either want to be the Buffalo Sabres for 10 years and, and end up with all kinds of talent and no type of culture to make it work together. Uh, and then you spoil your chance and have to go through it all again. Or you want to do it in a way that like 
once you get to the place you want to get to in this build, you have a foundation of players playing the right way to actually do something with it. Like how many players, how many players do you think they're going to trade between now and the deadline? It's really hard to say. I can think of one for sure. We've talked about him for half an hour. Uh, I could think of, I think, you know, David Savard. Well, they're going to trade Tanner Pearson. What's that? They're going to trade Tanner Pearson. They're not going to get much for him, but they're going to trade. There's always going to be a team that's going to want to have a depth player who's been to the playoffs before. Maybe you would think so. He's on our trade board at sportsnet.ca. His salary could be an impediment to that, but if they don't retain on Monaghan, maybe they grease the wheels to moving Tanner out for an asset that, even if it doesn't help them all that much, it's still an asset. Uh, but I wouldn't guarantee it. David Savard, I wouldn't guarantee it either because they don't no, have to trade chance. him. They don't no. have to trade him. But I'll tell, I would say that when Chris Tanev moves, wherever he ends up going, a yeah. lot of eyes are going to turn towards Savard, even if he's not a rental. And some yeah. teams would prefer yeah. to have a guy who has one year left on his deal, not all teams, and probably a more limited market of teams. But if there's two... Or if there's three, then you know you see what they might be able to extract in a trade for Savard. Uh, they, yeah. you know, um, will Jordan Harris? Jake Allen. Jake Allen. It's not Jake a Jake Allen is a, is, a, is, a, is a maybe. It's a maybe. Yeah. You all are Mia too. I mean, Jake Allen, you all are Mia. David I Savard. I don't think you'll. No. Last I year's next year. I don't think you all are Mia goes anywhere this year. Uh, Potentially the offseason when he only has one year left on his deal. But at this trade deadline, yeah. I would say no. Uh, Jake Allen, maybe, but not guaranteed and doesn't necessarily have to. We could get to the end of the year. Caden Primo, also maybe. Who knows? You know, uh, Any team that would be trading for him would not just be making a short-term kind of move with that player. So it's, it's possible. Uh, I think the Canadians would consider all avenues. I doubt it also, but I, I wouldn't yeah. say it's impossible. You know uh, why I asked you, right? You know why and, I and asked who was you the, because... Who was the last one I said? Jordan, ha- Jordan Harris is a player that I would look at between now and the deadline with Lane yeah. Hudson coming and what, what Struble has done. That it's potential. there's potential that he finds a different home between now and the deadline. So Yeah, and listen, the reason why... But one for sure. Because if, yes, Sean Monaghan. The more players they trade... The, the weaker, you know, uh, team they're going to ice, weaker team you're going to ice, you're going to end up losing points in the standings or not yeah. picking up as many. So but you just, you just don't that, want to see... If we're thinking that they're going to be on pace to be a 500 team, they might be way below that because... And that's fine. If they end up trading a lot of players, obviously they're going to... And in, next, at the end of the... In the final month, you know what's going to happen, right? No one's getting in the way to block a shot. Everyone's thinking about going on vacation at the no, end of the year. No, see, that's... That's the the trap that they have to avoid. Well, they, it's they may happen, lose. It's I think I think they will naturally. No, I don't think it will. They will naturally drop ground in the standings by attrition. Exactly what you were just talking about. Exactly about playing desperate teams. But what they cannot do is exactly what you just said. And you know what, Tony? Go back over the last two years with Marty St. Louis here. They didn't do that. They did not do that. At any point, no matter how many injuries they had, no matter how many guys went down, Josh Anderson got hurt with like, what was it, five games left, crashing the net at, at full speed. Yeah, that's uh, a good like, example. You're they're, right. They're not, they will, it, that would be the worst thing that they could do. I, and, and, and I mean that. Like, I know a lot of people don't believe that. They don't think that way. 
But again, I don't think the Canadians are building themselves to be the next Buffalo Sabres. I don't think that's who they no, are. No, and I don't think so either. I don't. I just don't think too many people are going to block shots on the penalty kill in the final month of the season. But hey, we're not there yet. Let's wait. You know, many, you know, like how many shots did the Canadians block against Pittsburgh? Twenty-six. Um, yeah. That's you know how many? You know how many of the Penguins who are who a hundred like that was a must-win game for them going into their break. You know how many they yeah. blocked in that game? Four. Yeah. Talking about but teams that, that I don't think are going to make the playoffs. Yeah, they're not that kind of team. I hear you. You don't. I you, like just don't want that. You, you just don't want that type of culture. I like the fact you brought up Jordan Harris's name. I'll tell you why. Lane Hudson is on the horizon. He's going to be here by the end of the year. We know that. He's going to sign his professional contract with the Montreal Canadiens. He's going to play. He's not a big guy. Um, you can have, if we, if we take a look at Vegas, and a lot of teams like to copy the Stanley Cup champion, Vegas had a real big defense, especially the top four. We take a look at that Canadians team that went to the Stanley Cup final. The top four was pretty big, I think it's safe to say, with Edmondson and Sherrod and, uh, and Weber and, and Petrie. Um, also, Lane Hudson, left-handed defenseman. The Canadians already don't have that many right-handed defensemen. They have more on the left side. So you take a look on the left side, and you have Jackye that has a dimension that others do not have. Uh, you have, uh, have Jaden Struble, who's playing a very, very complete and solid game, and he's bigger and he's stronger, and he's showing a lot. Yeah, Michael Matheson was not going anywhere anytime soon. At least I don't think so. And then you know you got uh, you got Jordan Harris, who's poop out of luck, I guess. Now the one thing I like about Harris, he can play the right side as well. But I tend to agree with you that he might be the most susceptible to a move to make room for Lane Hudson. Yeah, there's a lot I like about Harris. I think he's one of the best kids on this team, like just personality wise. And you know what? He doesn't get. Uh, the credit he deserves for what type of player he is very young in his career as are a lot of these defensemen that are in Montreal like man like the the narrative around Jack I 69 games into his career is just like ridiculous at this point like just let it all happen he's he's gonna be fine as a player and Harris it's gonna be fine but he struggled Eric in the two yes, games that he's come yeah, back he he has, looks like yeah. he's fighting the puck and yeah so what like what do you expect he just got humbled he just went down to the to the miners in a move that he completely did not expect, and he's very hungry to make sure that never happens again. And he's put pressure on himself. He also hadn't played in the NHL since November, or like, yeah, it's two games. Everybody take a breath. Yeah, he took three bad penalties. Did, did he just get sat out of the lineup because of those penalties? No, his execution wasn't where. He or the coaching staff or the general manager or anybody else would have liked for it to have been. Coach Coach didn't appreciate the penalties, though, especially no, the first for sure. last game. You can for tell sure. the camera but zoomed they, in on the coach right away. He wasn't happy. But they but they but they ironed that out. Like Jack I told the media, he he apologized to the coaching staff and Marty said to him, Hey, doesn't matter. Let's go have a good practice. Let's have a good next game, whatever. It's two games. It's two games. Like just I wonder Everybody if Brendan chill. Gallagher apologized because he did something pretty stupid himself. Well, I'm sure, you know, I think we all know Brendan Gallagher. I think Brendan Gallagher feels bad about that. And I'm sure he will express himself when he has the opportunity to do so next yeah. time we see him. 
No, listen, well, I agree I'll, with I'll you. Point, but but going the, back to the coach's press conference. But going back to Harris. He, was, he really wasn't happy with Arbor Jack. Well, he wasn't, he, he wasn't happy with the indiscipline. He wasn't happy with the indiscipline in general. Um, but well, there's a lot of indiscipline from Brendan Gallagher. You're up three one with eight oh eight left. And I know non dangerous play in the neutral. No one's zone. excusing it. No one's excusing it. From, but we got we're, we're off on a tangent. We're out. We're off on a tangent here. And the, the point was yeah, Harris. Yeah, right? I tend to do that sometimes. The point was Harris, and and Harris, yes, you know he's he might be pushed out of this defensive core to make room for a guy like Lane Hudson. It's not guaranteed that's what's going to happen. But if you look up and down the depth chart, he's the one that makes sense. So on the right side, they it's hard to lose bodies. Uh, Value-wise, you should have more of it than somebody else who might even be considered to be traded. And yeah, if you really want to ensure that's the case, he has to play. Like yeah. Jordan Harris right now has to play for the Canadians. Big time. Big so time. I, I just think we'll see. We'll see where it goes. I wouldn't guarantee it. You ask me how many players get traded. I have one. I have one where I would say this guy will be traded. I have a bunch that I would say there's there's a chance. And I'm going to go 100% on Pearson. If he's I, healthy, 100%. I think it's hard to say 100%, honestly. And it's hard to say 100%. It's hard to say 100% on Monaghan because if I'm completely wrong and they can't get that first-round pick, then they have to really start talking about where they lead the negotiation to bring him back here. But I yeah. don't I don't think I'll be wrong on that. And we'll I'm see. Go if I am, if I am I'll come on here. I'll yeah. this will be the first place I come to say, hey, yeah, I was completely wrong and you guys could all call me an idiot for it. It's all good. I can handle that. You know, I'm uh, I'm wrong very often, but then again I, I give a lot of opinions. So I, 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 I you know what? My batting average I still think is probably pretty good. And good. listen, let's end with this. Okay. Uh, another favorite topic here in Montreal, especially over the last couple of weeks, Trevor Zegras. So on that note, um, a couple of top-notch collaborators like yourself, Eric, of course. I think we all all the collaborators are amazing on this podcast. I hope people agree. Uh, Pierre Maguire and Craig Button over the last couple of weeks, I asked them both, should the Canadians be in on Trevor Zegras? Let's watch Pierre Maguire first and then Craig Button next level is excessive it's off the charts and it's it's mind-boggling how creative he is offensively there are times in the game and you said it best where he will unbelievably frustrate you and there are other times in the game where he will lift you out of your seat and you're going to say i can't believe how good this guy is the relationship with caulfield is elite and it's a well-said thing by you tony I watched them both uh, play significant games with the U, uh, or the national team development program, uh, both against college teams and against USHL teams. So again, I know his body of work amazingly well. Um, I would be interested in the player at the proper price point, um, but it's not something I would overpay for. No, I would not. But is would I be interested in the player? The answer is absolutely yes, I would counts you want more rather than less and i think that the montreal canadians are going to have an opportunity to add more there's nothing wrong with having scoring yeah. forwards on your third line either <laughs> no i i listen uh we're, i'll say good night but you know what i was trying to get at right yeah i know what you're trying to get at <laughs> what was i trying to get at? i was trying to see if the canadians need trevor zegras yeah. i was trying to ask you okay can i tell you what can they yeah. use trevor zegras absolutely listen 
if you look at what the Anaheim Ducks have and you look at what the uh, the Montreal Canadiens have in terms of prospects, right? Yeah. Like yeah. you're going to have to make sacrifices somewhere along the line to bolster your team. Trevor Zegras, I don't know if he's available, but if he's available, I can tell you this, Tony. Yeah. I'm phoning Pat Verbeek every day. I'm phoning Pat Verbeek every day to find out what the cost is for Trevor Zegras. And I'm going to talk about it. I'm going to talk to him. And I'm going to find out because Trevor Zegras is a difference maker. All right, there you have it. Uh, sounded like Pierre Maguire would not be willing to give up a top prospect for Trevor Zegers, but once again, he did say he would be interested, and it sounds like Craig Button would be willing to give up a top prospect for Trevor Zegers. At least that's what it sounds like. Your thoughts? Well, my thoughts are, I don't know why prospect is the word we use here. Um, Pierre said at the right price, and uh, Craig said he wants to know the price. And one thing that has to be factored into the price is he's uh, two years away from arbitration rights and, and then a year away after that from getting to choose where he wants to play. And players in those situations, if they all suddenly decide, yeah, I'll just go with what I want to do uh, and I don't want to be here anymore, you give up a lot. Uh, and end up in that situation. I think everybody knows the Pierre-Luc Dubois story and that's that's why you know, I think when Pierre said at the right price, he's really talking about the player. You also have to consider the situation. My belief, if the Canadians have an opportunity to trade for Trevor Zegras, they should be very interested. I have another belief. I don't know if there's many teams out there that could offer what the Canadians can which is very different from the Pierre-Luc Dubois situation because there's no way they could have offered what Winnipeg was looking for to keep their team competitive like LA did. In this situation... Sometimes the best trades are the ones you don't make. Thank God yeah, they weren't in on yeah, the wall. Yeah, Well, you know, who knows? Who knows what Dubois would have been like if he was here instead of there? You know, uh, He would have cracked even more. You don't know Pierre-Luc that. Pierre-Luc Dubois was not made for Montreal. You don't know that. You don't know that. But one way or another, he didn't, he didn't end up here, so we don't have to talk about it. It's hypothetical. Your heart? What, he doesn't have heart? Okay. Everyone's got heart, but he doesn't have a lot of it, Eric. He struggles with consistency when the going gets tough. When the going he gets tough, get going. He's been, he's been, he was Winnipeg's best player in the playoffs last year. He was Columbus's best player in the playoffs. And Rick Bonus still hammered him. I don't, I don't it didn't wanna, work with Tortorella. It didn't work with Bonus. It's not working with Rick Bonus hammered the entire team. Anyways, we don't, we're not going to relitigate Pierre-Luc Dubois and talk about what if because where he is is in L.A. and he's struggling. Yeah, and um, he, uh, he, he enjoys it there. Trevor Zegras, you know, rough season with Anaheim. Started late. Big injury that it just went down. Three goals and seven points in 20 games, underperforming a bit, which happens when you miss time. and. But there's no comparing the two. He's 22 years old, and like he, his upside is enormous. And I, I think the Canadians should be very interested in that player. Uh, I think they should hey, be. Hey, I was thinking about this. Have you ever seen a Montreal Canadiens player score in Michigan? In Montreal, I've never seen a Montreal Canadiens player score. In no. Michigan. No, but look, there's a lot of people who will look at Trevor Zegers. I've never seen a Montreal Canadiens player score in Michigan anywhere. I know, but there's a lot of people who will look at Trevor Zegris and ask him, do you want to score lacrosse goals or win games? I get you know, that. There is a baggage that comes with the player, and that is ultimately if but you see him that if if you see him traded, that will be why he's being traded out of yeah. Anaheim. 
So, but there's twenty thousand fans per game who pay five hundred bucks for two tickets, a beverage, and parking. That wouldn't mind seeing a player score a lacrosse goal. Yeah, I know, but you know, there's twenty thousand fans who also want to sign Monahan for five years. Like, I, I'm just saying, yeah. you, you, everybody wants Jeff Gordon and Kent Hughes to build yeah. a Stanley Cup champion team. Everybody wants to ensure that they do not divert from their plans to do. That. I hear you. And if they but only one team went to Stanley Cup at the end they, of the year, but I want to be entertained for okay. 82 games a season. So if they yeah. look at Zegras and they say, you know what? We know that there is that concern, that there is that question that is out there, that if he is, if Anaheim is willing to trade him, that there is that question. Does he want to score lacrosse goals or win hockey games? They might look at it and say, we have the best coach possible for him to find what he needs to get. They know the player. Bingo, bingo. Kent knows the player. Marty yeah. knows the player. Jeff Gordon knows the player. They all know the family. There's a lot of dots being connected. Yeah. There. His chemistry I with think, Will Caulfield, of course. I think Caulfield, yeah. I, but they have to believe that they can turn the player and help the player get to where he he can get to with the talent that you can't teach. Uh, yeah. I don't think anybody in Anaheim, even if they were considering trading him, is in denial about what the talent level is of the player. They know. Anaheim also, if you look at their needs, like they need forwards. They're stacked on D. They could use some right side D after trading Drysdale, but they're really – they need forwards. They need forwards. So if they're willing to trade a guy of Zegers' talent out, that is a, a, a flag. Now, if you're Montreal – you may be able to get around that flag and convince yourself, okay, but don't forget the other flag about his contract status and where it leads to and the risks you are taking. In True. Moving well, you'll have stuff out. Yeah. But what's the Canadians, where, where, what's their trajectory to be a Stanley Cup contender? I mean, with Zegras, it definitely gets there faster with Doc Healthy yeah. and Warwick Healthy. You, right? you would think, you would think five years. Have. And 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 that's provided the goaltending should be where it's supposed to be. Yeah. But you really, you know, in two years from now, when Zegers is up for a contract, you hope to see the signs that would enable you to say, okay, like let's get this guy signed long term and keep him here and get this thing going for as long as we can. Don't forget, yeah. Doc will be due a contract also. Yes. You can't. That's why Pierre's answer is really the right answer. I'd be very interested, but it has to be at the right cost. And I would suggest that the Canadians can work it out to be the right cost for them based on what they have. Because yeah, Anaheim's, trajectory, Anaheim's trajectory yeah. is a little later. They have some great prospects in the system, but they're a little younger in the development stage. Leo Carlson just just starting, Cutter Gauthier coming eventually that Leo Carlson kid's going to be unbelievable he's great McTavish just starting they're a little they're not behind in terms of where they could get to it's just they're they may not need something for net maybe the picks are more appealing to them than prospects you said the word prospect to me yeah maybe it's something else I don't know um I spoke to Alan Shaney uh last week at TVA Sports longtime scout of course with the Anaheim Ducks was uh, one of the main 
people responsible for the drafting of uh, Getzlaff and Carter, and the list goes on and on, and so many great players the Anaheim Ducks have had in that organization over the last decade or so. He had a lot of great things to say about Martin Madden Jr., who's the assistant to Pat Verbeek, whose name came up, of course, when the Montreal Canadiens were looking for a GM. Uh, so uh, I just thought I'd, uh, I'd give that a mention right there. Eric, have a great bye week, even though I know you're going to be working and you're going to be putting out articles. When's the next one coming out? Next one comes out tomorrow morning. And it's really, it's actually going to lay out the whole Monahan thing a lot more cohesively than I did as I was trying to wrap my head around how to say it on this podcast without blowing the whole article. But it's, uh, uh, you did a well, good job. I, I'm, I'm loving the sick podcast and loving our, our conversations. And I'm Thank looking you. forward Likewise. to our next one. Likewise, Eric. Thanks. Have a great bye week. I'll talk to you again next week on Monday, my man. All right. Be well. All right. Thank you. You too. There you have it. Eric Engels of Sportsnet and Sportsnet.ca. Marinaro, another podcast is in the books. I hope you like it. If you liked it, like it, share with your friends. Comment sick, S-I-C-K, S-I-C-K, S-I-C-K. There you go. Another spruce. And leave us a five-star review on Apple. It's our way of feeling the love. We'll be back tomorrow night. Same time, same place. For Agnello, Sammy, and especially Juliana at Master Control. They are Cavallaro. I am Marinaro. And that's a wrap. Hope you don't miss us too much until next time. Follow the Sick Podcast with Tony Marinaro on YouTube, Instagram, Facebook, Google Play, and Apple Podcasts. The Sick Podcast is brought to you by Energy Transportation Group. Driven to be different. LaVita.tv. Embrace your true nature. And Playground, your premier gaming destination.